Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week, Ash and I are sitting down to discuss the future of the fitness industry. Specifically, what is going to happen to the big box gyms, to the LA fitnesses, the Gold's gyms, the Planet fitnesses of the world? Where is the value in these types of facilities to draw people back in? Because as we know, COVID has changed the entire landscape. More people than ever have home gyms and are setting themselves up for fitness health and nutrition inside the comfort of their own homes. And so what is going to bring those folks back into the facility, into these big box gyms when COVID is long gone? Because when we're talking about functional fitness facilities, the CrossFits, the Orange Theories, the F45s, in a lot of those facilities, people are coming back for the community, for the camaraderie, for the coaching, right, for the accountability. But you're not getting those things inside these larger facilities. So that is the question that we are posing today. That is what we're going to dive into. We really hope you enjoy the episode. And without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Listic Performance Radio. This is episode number 61, and I am back here with Ash once again. Ash, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. It is officially 2021, so I wanted to kick off this episode with a random question for you. And the question is, what is one new skill that you want to acquire this year? Hmm... So I don't know if it's technically considered a skill, but my goal is to create a new recipe once every month in 2021. So I guess the skill would be cooking, <laughs> cooking something different. Okay. I like is that. Is that a skill? Cooking is a skill itself. I guess cooking something different would just be more like a resolution. Okay. But we can go That's with that. It. Okay. I don't, I don't have a specific skill. What What do you what uh, skill do you want? Mine is to acquire video editing skills on Final Cut Pro mm. so that we can create a kick-ass vlog this year. That's cool. So that is mine. But Wow, I didn't know that. I thought I was going to be doing the vlog. You thought you were going to be doing the editing? Yeah. Oh, no, no, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I, I figured I used to I do all the TikTok stuff. All those videos. Yeah. I used I to do all the you YouTube videos. So I figure I got to continue on with the editing. Wow. That makes my life easier. I just got to show up. That's right. Just show up and <laughs> shut up. As hey. they say. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but anyway, uh, guys, typical updates here. So with Ballistic, really, there's not too many. Number one, uh, there is a new build format now that we're following in that program. So uh, we're using the five to eight method, which for those of you listening that aren't familiar with that, it's adopted from uh, like Poliquin methodology, Charles Poliquin. So uh, the goal is essentially to perform five repetitions at an extremely difficult load. I don't want to say a one rep max because it's not a one rep max, but it's essentially a five rep max. Then you rest 15 to 20 seconds, do another single repetition, rest again, do another single repetition, and then rest again and perform one final repetition. So you go from five reps to eight reps. And the whole concept behind this method is to develop quote unquote functional hypertrophy, meaning 
strength bias hypertrophy or strength based hypertrophy. Hmm. And so uh, pretty excited to implement that. And then uh, with that, we also are very, very early on in the process of trying to design new apparel and find new apparel, new garments <laughs> for uh, the Blister Performance Store. So our last effort at this, COVID kind of screwed it all up. We had we had some supply chain issues with a lot of the garments that we had initially selected, which caused huge shipping delays and just not we're a great still experience. In this challenge. Yes, we're still in this challenge. Yeah. So three uh, months later, this time around, we are hoping that the garments we select can be sourced without any issues, and that it will be a much better client experience when folks go to the store and buy these mm-hmm. things. So absolutely, we're going to try to eliminate that error there or that process, but. Uh, also, uh, the website has been updated with all of our new photos yeah. that we took from our photo shoots. So now the website's actually custom to us, meaning we're, fa- we're the faces of the website now instead of stock images. And Coda. And Coda. And along with that, we added Total to one of the p- to the website as a page. Total being our custom fitness plus our nutrition coaching. And the reason we everything called it custom. Total. Yeah, <laughs> everything custom. And we called it total because it's the total package. Pretty clever, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not really, we, but... We thought of this on the drive to Dubois. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just brainstormed a while. We wanted to, wanted it to have something to do with being comprehensive and all-encompassing. And we decided total was a simple word to, uh, to explain that whole process or that whole offering. So mm-hmm. that is on there. And then uh, lastly... I think just throw it out in the universe. I think 2021 is going to be a big ass year for ballistic. Heck yes. I think we are going to big crush, plans. crush this year. We're already crushing this month. I know. And it's only the first month. I'm excited. Month one of Q1 and we're on fire. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, life updates. Uh, it's finally 2021. What does that mean, Ash? We are getting married no matter what (laughs) no matter what people i don't care we're getting married i don't give a shit if (laughs) covid is still around or not it is happening we'll have to we'll follow whatever damn guidelines we need to we'll go to the middle of nowhere pennsylvania in the sticks (laughs) so we can get everyone out there if we need to uh but it is happening for sure uh and then you know with that relating to that we're in the middle of finishing our registry Mm-hmm. So if anyone listening is like, oh, I wish I would have put this on mine, send mm-hmm. us a DM or shoot us a text because yeah. we need to know these things. We don't want to be missing something important. Uh, and then with, uh, lastly, we renewed our lease for the first time ever. Yeah. We are staying in Ann Arbor for another year. First time in 10 years that either of us have renewed a lease. Pretty crazy, but it is happening. We are staying put for at least one more year. Honestly, besides the fact that we have jobs, it's pretty much just the gym being complete that I don't want to leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to pack all that up and try to no, move No, next back. time we're moving, it's like, I don't want to say a final destination, but it's a lot harder to move now. Oh, yeah. We've got... Like I two s- moving trucks full. Oh, yeah. We've got one. We've got half a truck just the gear yeah. in the garage, so it's getting serious at this point. But anyway... uh we are here today. We're talking about uh, something that I'm pretty excited to talk about. Ash just found out what we were talking about mm-hmm. about three minutes ago. And what we're talking about is the fitness industry and the impacts that COVID have had on the industry, specifically whether or not this is the end of big box gyms. And when I say big box gyms, I mean 
the Planet Fitnesses of the world, the LA Fitness, uh, Gold's Gym, those sorts of places. So, uh, and I'm going to get into the nitty gritty of what I mean by that and why that would even be, I don't want to say a potential outcome, but uh, an interesting topic for discussion to say the least. Okay. So I'm excited. Yeah, I know. It's going to be awesome. Coda <laughs> is with us right now as we're recording this, just so everybody knows. And he's being super needy. Literally sitting next to Derek, staring him in the eyes. As I rub his chest. When he stops rubbing his chest, Coda paws him. It's pretty ridiculous. But it anyway, <laughs> we're still going to we're gonna try to stay on track with all that going on. So uh, I figured we could start the conversation by just outlining some of the effects that COVID has had on the industry going across a couple like well-known brands, right? So first and foremost being CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So uh, in April 2019, it was estimated that 13,000 plus CrossFit affiliates, which represents about 90% of the affiliates globally, wow. closed their doors right when COVID first hit in April 2019. So Wouldn't it have been April 2020? Or maybe, yeah, maybe I, I I may have misentered that information. But yes, that makes more sense. So yes. April 2020, I wrote the wrong date down. So in April 2020, nearly 90% of affiliates globally closed their doors. Uh, and 96% of that be, it being in the U.S. Right? Okay. So quite a bit of affiliates had to close down due to COVID. And then since that time... Do you mean it just closed their doors, not like... Not permanently. Okay. Close their doors just due to restrictions okay. of the pandemic. And then since that time, many of those same fa facilities have had to permanently close their doors. Oh, okay. Now, I don't have any statistics on how many permanently because we still don't really know because a mm -hmm. lot of places are still under some kind of restriction or not fully open or not at least not at capacity. Some folks were able to just kind of go underground and hide out and who knows if they'll open back up when everything's all over or not. Yeah. Uh, but... One of the biggest ones that I think hit home for a lot of people was when the news that San Francisco CrossFit closed their doors for good, mm -hmm. that they, you know, basically liquidated the business and, and shut it down. And uh, for those of you listening that don't know, San Francisco CrossFit is owned by or was owned by Kelly and Juliet Starrett, uh, Kelly Starrett being the face of the Ready State, mm -hmm. which was previously known as Mobility Wad. Uh, so if you've been in the CrossFit realm for a while, you probably know who he is. Uh, but it was actually one of the oldest CrossFit affiliates in the world. It was getting ready to hit its 16th anniversary, I believe, before the doors were closed. Wow. Uh, and a ton of world-class coaches have come out of there, including folks like Carl Paoli, Adrian Bosman, uh, Diane Fu. And so it's just been an iconic place within the CrossFit realm. I didn't know that about Carl. Yeah. And uh, so to see a man, what's considered to be, I don't want to say a mammoth because it's not a 1200 member or excuse me, a 12,000 member gym or anything insane, right? Or even a 1200 member gym. It's, uh, it's just one of those really well-known big communities in the, in the uh, CrossFit world. Yeah. And so to see that close, it was kind of opening of, wow, this is really hitting a lot of folks really hard. Mm-hmm. Now, if you transition away from CrossFit and look something at something like Orange Theory, now, it's hard to get data on this because it's a franchise, but all the locations are independently owned or multiple locations are independently owned by one person. And so, depending on the location, it's estimated from the research I was doing that anywhere from 20 to 40% of memberships at these locations still remain frozen. Oh, wow. Or 
or in that ballpark, we'll say, because again, these are all estimates, but Mm -hmm. that's quite a lot of memberships still frozen at these franchises, which are typically cash cows that have 300 plus members. uh, And that's actually a requirement to even open their doors. One of these franchises, you have to pre-sell 300 memberships. What? And and it it's it varies a little bit depending on the location, but yeah. So these are big studios with very big membership bases. That when you're looking at a membership of 500 plus, and you've got 40 percent of those being frozen, that's a lot of people not coming through your mm-hmm. door. It's a lot of revenue not being generated. And uh, for Orange Theory, they operate with a functional capacity model, right? Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, an operational capacity. They base the size of their studios on exactly how much square footage they need to run full classes because their entire business model is based off of how much does each client generate in terms of revenue per class, you know, per week, per month across the entire year. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about the number of people being in the studio and utilizing that space as effectively as possible. So when you're working at partial capacity, that really hurts the business model. Yeah. Now, uh, getting into the big box gyms, they weren't they weren't immune to COVID, right? They were still hit hard, uh, and a lot of these you might be surprised to hear that some of this stuff was happening. But uh, first and foremost, twenty four hour fitness, which have you heard of them, Ash? Uh huh. So twenty four hour fitness filed for bankruptcy and closed more than one hundred and thirty locations wow. since COVID started. Gold's Gym also filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection and closed more than 30 of the company-owned locations. Wow, I didn't know that. And LA Fitness was actually forced to seek a debt deal with lenders to weather this whole storm. What does that mean? So they basically sought out additional money from their investors and from lenders in order to keep the business afloat during decreased revenue. Wow. And it's estimated, at least I, I believe I read it on Forbes, that... They currently have somewhere around 1.7 billion in debt. What? So you can see why when something like this happens to where it impacts their entire ability to generate revenue that they would have to seek some kind of help with that. Yeah. And so just like CrossFit, just like Orange Theory, these big brands, these big box gyms were definitely crushed by COVID and everything that happened. Yeah. Now, all of that being said, all those negatives that occurred for brick and mortar facilities, virtual and online programs have exploded since everything happened, mm-hmm. right? Since 2020 and uh, all of the COVID stuff. For Peloton, for example, they now are at over 3 million subscribers <laughs> to their monthly uh, user base. Wow. Their first quarter sales uh, more than tripled last year. And their fourth quarter was for which we're talking about fourth quarter in 2020 q4 in it was 2020 not yeah 2021. in 2020 in 2020 it was projected to be the first billion dollar quarter in company history for peloton wow so not only is everything exploding they're on this rocket ship trajectory but they also acquired Precore, which for those of you listening don't know Precore is an equipment manufacturer for the fitness industry they primarily make treadmills and, and cardio based machines mm-hmm. and so Peloton was able to acquire that company for $420 million. And the reason they did that is because it's going to boost their production, their manufacturing, their distribution. So a online virtual presence and a huge company like Peloton, they are thriving during this type of situation. Yeah. Right. And then 
other brands as well took advantage of the situation. Uh, Lululemon purchased Mir, which again, if you're listening, you don't know Mir. It's literally a mirror that has that you train in front of that has like a holographic image of a of an instructor leading you through workouts. I still haven't heard of anyone doing that. I'm so curious how it is. I'll see. I'd like to see how Lulu uh, Lulu uses that and and markets that and see if they yeah. can grow that that company. But they purchased Mir for around 500 million, and they're going to expand upon that at being an at home virtual type offering. Beachbody on demand. They're Ooh. another virtual offering. I know we hate Beachbody, but. They, they're at over 2 million subscribers. They had a 300% increase Ugh, during the initial so months of COVID. Angry. Then you have uh, folks outside of like the big the big brands, like Street Parking, which is a functional fitness-based brand. Uh, they have, I forget the actual numbers now at this point, like over 30,000 members, I yeah, believe. It's something insane. Uh, they've kind of taken over the garage gym, basement gym scene of... Mm. of of home gyms. Uh, you've got CrossFit Lynchpin, which has a huge online following community, everybody training at home. Even Comp Train has a virtual offering, Misfit, Juggernaut, all of these more, let's say, functional fitness based, strength based uh, entities. Mm-hmm. They're all taking advantage of this as well and, and pursuing that route. And so, even though COVID has been terrible for a lot of situations and a lot of facilities, it's also been a blessing in disguise for some of these uh, folks that were able to pivot or that were already online and able to take advantage. Yeah. And so uh, all that said, I don't think that this is the end of in-person training, right? There, there, there's still going to be a place for that. I don't believe that this is the end of CrossFit, Orange Theory, or any other type of functional fitness group training. The reason for that is even though there's a lot of folks out there who are the autonomous client, who are folks like us that have a home gym or who have created a home gym since everything started, mm-hmm. yes, they can swing a kettlebell, squat, and do pull-ups all on their own, right? Yeah. Anybody can do that. Anybody can create a bullshit Metcon to do in their garage uh, and you know find themselves sweating in, a, in, a, in the fetal position at the end of a workout. But what people want and need is coaching, Mm-hmm. So even though they have the ability to train at home, they're they're going to want that attention. They're going to want that accountability and that support and that guidance that comes with coaching. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what moving forward, I think people are going to realize that's what they're paying for. They're paying to be coached. They're not paying for the programming that these yeah. gyms are offering, right? Because they can get the programming probably they can get better programming online from a really big brand cheaper. But, and cheaper, significantly cheaper, but that's not what they're paying for. So I think, Do you think that's good. Like, I feel like sometimes people took for granted coaching before. Yeah, I think it's really good. That's yeah. what I'm getting. At. I think it's going to be huge coming back that now I think people are going to realize the value in coaching and that's going to be what drives them to the facility. Yeah. Now with that, on that same token, I also think that there are going to be hybrid memberships that take over as the primary offering. And now what I mean by hybrid memberships is, you know, let's say Sally, she likes to go to the gym. She -hmm. gets to the gym a few days per week. uh, And back in the days before COVID, pre-COVID, 
if she wasn't able to get to the gym for that 5 p.m. class because Tommy had to be dropped off at mm. baseball practice, mm-hmm. that was the it. That was it. That was the end. She couldn't train that day. Yeah. However, now she can go to the gym two or three days per week and then she can spend the other two to three days training on her own or sim- at her home or utilize the ability to train at home as the backup plan mm-hmm. of, okay, I'm going to plan on going to the gym today at 4.30, but then life happens. I have to get stuck at work or I have to drop my kids off. I'm not able to make it to a class. So instead, I go to my home gym. I follow the programming that they've provided me and then I execute the workout there. And so I think that's going to be huge moving out of COVID into 2021 and into 2022. Okay. Does that, that make makes sense? sense? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that'll be the predominant membership type moving forward. And we, we already touched on this a bit, but uh, I love this. I was listening to uh, What the Fuck Gym Talk with Stu Brower and Kelly Starrett. Mm-hmm. He had Kelly on there to talk about the entire San Francisco CrossFit situation. And uh, Kelly had a great analogy on there about why he believes brick and mortar will still be one of the pillars of the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. And he used the analogy that uh, kids hated going to school before COVID, right? Yeah. They hated being in class going to school. Yeah. Well, now they're learning online through Zoom virtually. Mm -hmm. They really (laughs) freaking hate Zoom. (laughs) And so now they're going to want to return to the classroom. Does that make sense? The same thing is going to happen, at least Kelly believes, with fitness, right? There there are people who want to return to the in-person because they hate the virtual. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more. I think that's definitely going to happen and that that will still be a huge pillar of the industry. Now, with that being said, that's talking really about functional fitness type gyms, mm-hmm. right? Coach-led fitness. But the problem with big box gyms is that there is no coaching. So places like LA Fitness. Right. So the LA Planet Fitnesses, Fitness. the Planet Fitness, the Gold's Gym. Mm-hmm the conversation becomes what happens to these places when everything slowly goes away? Yes, there are a lot of people who don't care about group fitness, who don't care about coach-led fitness, who enjoy those types of facilities. Who don't want to... I think the biggest thing is they don't want to invest in buying equipment for their house. Right, and that's what I was going to get into is there are a lot of people out there who aren't into the functional fitness scene and the group fitness scene. But how many of those people have purchased equipment already. Like how many of those people who typically go to a Gold's Gym or an LA Fitness have over the course of these last 10 months bought equipment and are training at their home? Yeah, I mean, we just in Ballistic, we have a lot of clients that have done that. Right, and so you start thinking about that over the course of that entire population of people who train at those types of places. Yeah. How many are left that held out and didn't purchase any equipment whatsoever? Yeah. And are just dying to get back into L.A. and Golds. Yeah. I feel like probably not I, a lot. And I don't know. There, There's a lot of people out there, right? There are a lot of these facilities. And so yeah. maybe maybe we're wrong. And there are t- tens of thousands, if not millions of people itching to get back in. But my point is, I think a lot of people realized that they could invest into equipment for their home. Mm-hmm. And then not only do they have it and they have easy access to it. But there's the convenience factor. Yeah. The convenience is king. If I'm someone who typically goes and trains at LA Fitness or Gold's Gym, 
and I've got a f- 10 to 15 minute commute there. I've got to deal with other people being on the machines I want to be on. I've got to deal with people distracting me, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Versus I can just open my garage door or go into my basement and have access to everything that I typically want. Yeah. And maybe it, maybe starting out, I don't have every piece of equipment, but I've got a solid base that I can now invest additional money moving forward mm-hmm. to finish it off. And so to me, that sounds a lot more appealing yeah. than going into LA or Golds and dealing with everything else that comes along with that. Yeah, and honestly, like we've never been someone... I mean, in high school, I went to Planet Fitness, but the real difference is like the sauna, like those like luxury things. It's so different than what you're talking about with the functional fitness type things where like the community the coaching yeah like i i can't imagine and unless you don't have the space or like we said you really don't want to invest uh in equipment i don't know why you would ever go back yeah and i can i can hear some of my friends who are into that realm saying like well i don't i don't have a cable machine in my garage or whatever it may be but it's a it's what I said that. earlier. You don't have a cable machine now, but there's no reason to say you can't invest in one moving forward <laughs> or make one like our friends. Or yeah, or make one like our friends did in their garage, right? <laughs> Go to Home Depot and buy a few things. But you've got to start doing the math here of okay, I can invest you know, 1500 to to $3000 in a cable machine for my garage or mm-hmm. for my basement. And have that for, you know, the next 20, 30 years because only one person using it every day. It's not going to get beat up. It's going to last a while. And the convenience of having it in my home, to me, you start look doing the math and looking at the convenience, there's really no argument. Yeah. However, maybe some folks do like going into those settings. But uh, I think that being said, just, you know, we, we are biased, right? We yeah. used to train in CrossFit facilities. And so we did enjoy the the community, the camaraderie, the coaching that goes along with that. And then when we would go and train at these other big box gyms, the the feeling is horrendous. You walk yeah. in, it feels very judgy. It feels very isolated. It yeah, just is not a good environment. It makes me even sad because like we're like... I don't want to sound conceited, but like we're fit people. So if we feel like we're being judged, like I can't imagine someone going in that is not comfortable with squatting, with benching and doing that. Like, oh, right. And so what I'm getting at is maybe it's because we've been outside of that environment for so long that we look at it like, why would anyone go back there? Mm -hmm. But if you've never left that environment, yeah, maybe you don't know. You're accustomed to it. You yeah. just think that's how it is. And but if you're listening, and that is you, you're not missing out on anything if you invest in your own home gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I promise you're not. You may think you are, but besides what Ashley said, like the more luxury items, the pool, the sauna, those things, your fitness is not going to uh, be degraded in any way by training bodybuilding and split routines in your home versus the ymca the la fitness or the gold's gym we are always open to learn though so like if you're listening to this and you're like no like this is why i go to one of these big big box gyms like let us know because i'm super curious that's a good point i would love to hear 
And we can even have somebody on if they are really adamant about yeah. this and you love I LA love fitness, that. like LA fitness is tattooed on your ass. Okay. So no, no one can see. I, right? if, if <laughs> someone's listening and that is the case, please don't tell us. Yeah. Don't tell us that, <laughs> but we'd love to have you on and talk about it because I would just love to hear what the value is of those types of facilities yeah. because that's the whole point of this whole conversation is why how do those gyms stay relevant moving forward Mm -hmm. what is it that people value about those places because from our point of view there is no value moving forward because the real value lies in the coaching and in the camaraderie of group fitness Mm -hmm. and functional fitness gyms and also in the convenience of training at your own home so i want to know how it is that those places stay relevant is it just that people it's become you know, commonplace, like, hey, I go to LA Fitness, I go to Gold's, that's how I do it. I go there, I do 30 minutes on the elliptical, I get off, I do my strength training. And is it just become ingrained in culture that that's how fitness is done? Mm-hmm. And group fitness has yet to overtake that and, and functional fitness has yet to overtake that? Because I could see that being the case, but I would just love to elaborate on the conversation further with someone who does love those environments. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so... To wrap that up, because I think we rambled on a lot, but to make it clear here exactly what we're thinking, what does the future of fitness look like? Specifically, what happens to these big box gyms? So number one, I think moving forward, as we mentioned, I think you will see a return to brick and mortar in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big that will be. I don't know how you know relevant it will be, but I think it will still be there because I think people are do feel isolated and they do want that the community and camaraderie so they will return to brick and mortar period mm-hmm. and i'm talking big box and smaller studios okay now i also think that people are going to realize that they're not paying for workouts they're not paying for access to some of these facilities they're paying for coaching mm-hmm. and that's where the real value lies in these functional fitness type gyms and studios including Orange Theory, right? Orange Theory Cross it at 45. Mm-hmm. Now, that's for all the people who came from that realm prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. For those people who were training in a Gold's or an LA Fitness or a Planet Fitness prior to everything happening, I don't know where their head's at in terms of I want to get back into those places immediately because I miss X, Y, and Z, or has the majority of that population purchased equipment, invested in creating their own home gym, and they're perfectly content with training at home and doing their own thing. So I I don't know what's happening with that group of people. I don't think the big box gyms are going to disappear by any means. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of money invested into those. So I don't know if they're just going to vanish. There's yeah. also a ton of square footage invested in these places. Yeah, that's so, so true. I don't know if they'll, they'll just vanish. There are a lot of investors and lenders who want to see them succeed. But I definitely think there's it's going to change. I think the whole COVID home gym uh, autonomous client revolution has definitely occurred. Mm-hmm. And that you will see a lot of people now who are on some kind of hybrid schedule. And so I think... Long story short, COVID transformed fitness, and I think we're only just starting to see the beginning of it. I agree. Love it. 
Uh, well, guys, again, if you have an opinion on this and you think we're full of shit when we say that <laughs> COVID has completely changed fitness, that people are going to have hybrid memberships, that people don't care to go into the bigger box gyms anymore, let us know. We want to continue the conversation. Yeah. If you're super adamant and you love those places, we'll get you on the podcast so we can chat about it because we want the insight. We want to understand where the value's at for you and why you love those types of facilities. But I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we just want to take a moment to say thank you. We are so grateful to have you here each and every week with us. And if you enjoy what you hear, as a little gift back to us, please head over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, leave a comment in there as well. It's how we gain more recognition on the platform. It's how we reach more people and change lives through this podcast. So again, we ask you guys, if you enjoy what you hear, please head over to wherever you listen to your podcast at and leave us a review. If you weren't following us on any of our other platforms, make sure you get on TikTok. Make sure you check out Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are always putting out new content to provide you as much value as possible and move you forward on your fitness journey. Uh, once again, guys, we just want to say thank you and we will see you next week.